What's up, Hooligans? How you guys doing? Welcome to episode 783. Later on in the show, second half, China Dow is going to be joining me. We're going to be talking about a dude who has a record 97 kids. I pulled my hair out just having two, three, four, five. But no, this guy, 97 of them, and still counting. It's going to be very interesting to find out how this is the case. And it's right here in the United States, man. We got a bunch of freaks out there, man. Bunch of freaks. Later on in the news broadcast segment, we have the Hells Angels up in Canada. Seems like a high-ranking leader was shot outside of his home. But sad stuff here, man. Sad stuff. Another hit and run. I, anytime I see one of these, I'm covering it. No ifs, ands, or buts. If I see it, send me some if I don't see it. We're covering it until we get a point out there that something has to change. It seems like every riding season, we're getting some of this nonsense. Nonsense. And it don't need to happen. It does not need to happen. Also, out of Illinois with that uh, July 4th uh, shooting, with that 22-year-old, I'm not going to say it on air type of deal. Uh, the reason why he evaded capture for so long was he dressed up as a woman. Yes, he dressed up as a woman. So this guy had it planned big time. Anyway, let's go to the first story of today. Urban Girls Authorities ID Biker Killed in Hit and Run in Bellflower. He died. He didn't make it. 32 years old. Life gone. My goodness. Was killed by an SUV in a hit and run crash in Bellflower. The victim, identified as Brett Mitchell, our thoughts go out to his family. According to the Los Angeles County Coroner's Office, a spokesman with the coroner's office could not be reached. To determine Mitchell's place of residence. The crash was reported at 8.49 p.m. Saturday on Woodroof Avenue and Alardo, what is it, uh, Alejandra Boulevard. Uh, this according to Sergeant Medina of the L.A. County Sheriff's Department. Mitchell was going northbound on Woodroof while, when the southbound SUV, here we go drifted over the double line and collided with him. The SUV then drove northbound on Woodruff and out of view, he said. He was pronounced dead at the scene. Now, the traffic investigator searched for security video in hopes of identifying the hit-and-run vehicle. Anyone with information regarding this crash Call the Sheriff's Lakewood Station at 562-623-3500. And like I said, we're going to be keeping up on these type of stories. We're going to get them so sick of hearing about it, maybe they'll do something. The West Side Chapter of the Nam Knights Motorcycle Club hosting an opening 
of a new canine memorial. That is awesome right there with the Nam Knights. Down in Kentucky, there was a couple uh, cops shot and also a canine shot. Rough job, man. Rough job. I know uh, I beat on them all the time and uh, a lot of other people beat on them, but hey, they're doing their jobs. Nobody should be shot. Nobody should be killed. In the summer of 1989, a small group of Harley riding combat vets of the Vietnam War, which I believe Biden just gave, I think it was three or four from the Vietnam era, Medal of Honors. Good stuff. Long time coming from these uh, Vietnam vets. Banded together to form the Nam Knights, the club was founded in New Jersey by Jack Quigley, now retired undersheriff of the Bergen County Sheriff's Department. He served as a platoon sergeant with the 11th Motor Transport Battalion, 1st Marine Division. Today, the Nam Knights of America Motorcycle Club has grown to chapters of 69. 69 chapters in 16 states. Washington, D.C., and two Canadian provinces, with hundreds of members made up of veterans of all airs, as well as law enforcement personnel, plus a few special and dedicated patriots. As Quigley has said, the club was formed to recapture the brotherhood its founding members shared while serving in Southeast Asia, and to help other veterans of all wars who are unable to physically or financially help themselves. There they are, right there on the front lines, baby. Right on the front lines. On June 29th, the Westside chapter of the Nam Knights Motorcycle Club in Brandon hosted the unveiling of their canine memorial in Temple Terrace. The city has kindly donated a piece of property to us for this memorial, this was according to Travis Wright of the club. The West Side chapter of the Nam Knights Motorcycle Club has a long history of providing assistance to military veterans, law enforcement in the Bay Area. Each time we take on a project, we hope to make a difference and positive impact in the community. Later on this week, I'm going to be doing a standalone video. Five misconceptions about motorcycle clubs. And you're seeing one there. Uh, people don't know clubs help the community big time. They really don't. With all the bad that happens, there's 10 times more good stuff. So we'll be covering that later on this week. Be looking for it. Probably on Friday or Saturday morning. Uh, the memorial will be an important place for people to come and pay respect to all law enforcement canines. Heck yeah. And he goes on to say he's a local law enforcement canine handler, so there's no doubt this memorial will hold a special place in his heart. Uh, good stuff right there from the Nam Knights, man. Motorcycle Club helping with this canine memorial. Now, interesting stuff here. Tea Room, that vintage motorcycle club called Home, closes. I know I'm already going to get the smart asses out there. I already know. What are they meeting at the Tea Room for? <laughs> I already know, man. I know my subscribers. Uh, motorcycle clubs start up all the time, but then they dwindle, never growing beyond a handful of riders. Man, were they right about that one. 
looking for nothing more than a few hours out of the house. Time Warp Vintage Motorcycle Club, on the other hand, has continued to grow in Knoxville since it was formed in 2003 and is now more than 250 members strong. That was all, wasn't was always going to be the club name, though. The first uh, thought was Club 38, as all initial members shared the same 38-inch waist. <laughs> In fact, membership forms still ask for your measurements. Uh, lucky it was the waist and they, not the other measurements. You know, it would become a little freaky there if you ask me. However, the club eventually decided to share part of its name with the host business, Time Warp Tea Room. And on uh, that particular Tuesday, more bikes than Norma gathered in Happy Holler for the group's final meeting, at least at this location. Time Warp Tea Room is closing, and the club's future is a bit uncertain. Now, Peggy Moratti is co-owner of the Time Warp uh, Tea Room with her husband, Dan, who operated a coin-operated machine business next door until cell phones and household video game systems challenged their inventory. A lot of businesses are going through that with all this new technology. Crap, you had Wal not Walmart, but you had Kmart, Venture, all them went the way the Dodo Birds, and now Walmart's having problems because of Amazon. The business had pit uh, pinball machines, jukeboxes, which ended up being the perfect decor for what would become his next venture, a motorcycle-themed hangout. He also owned a lot of quirky motorcycle memorabilia that adorn the walls of the tea room. Uh, that's awesome stuff right there. And they have bikes, you know, vintage bikes and all that good stuff. Good stuff right there, but sad for the tea room, man. Sad, sad, sad. Going up north to Canada, high-profile Hells Angels shot outside his Burnaby home. Ronald Lissing, the first biker gang to be criminally convicted in BC, the first of the biker gang, is expected to survive his injuries after the targeted shooting. There's a picture of him right there. Uh, Ronald Listing 59 is expected to survive his injuries after the targeted shooting. Uh, Burnaby RCMP received reports of an injured person near Patterson and Hearst Street. At about 11.20 a.m., when police arrived, they found an injured man with what appeared to be gunshot wounds. The victim was conscious and breathing when he was transported to hospital for treatment. It appears the shooting happened in the area where the victim was found. Duh. <laughs> Burnaby's Serious Crimes Unit is working closely with the Anti-Gang Combined Forces Special Enforcement Unit. Man, all the money they get, man. All the money they get from people. Uh, he didn't identify the victim, but uh, sources confirmed the post-media news that it was, in fact, a longtime biker who was targeted you guys getting crazy up in uh, Canada, man. You're getting very, very crazy. It's a very rare event for a full patch Hells Angel to be shot at his residence. 
To my knowledge, only one other BC Hells Angels has been uh, shot at his residence, and that was East End Hells Angels uh, David Schwartz back in the 80s. He was a full-patch member of the East End chapter when he was gunned down in Surrey in 88 by a friend after an all-night drinking party. The friend then killed himself with the same gun. Karma's, uh, karma's, you know, know what a karma is. Anyway, that is uh, your news stories for this segment. And again, second segment with China Dow. You can go get the app out of Google Play, or you can go into our Discord server. Or if you can't do either, you'd listen to the replay on any major spot, you know, Spotify, podcast platform, whatever you want to do. So we'll be right back after this music break.
I am the law. Don't you understand? I represent the law. Well, piss on you. And piss on your law. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. I'm in the mood for something just a little bit wild. God! Now or never, here it comes. Take yourself on a journey into the unknown. Yeah! Are you ready? Attention. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're listening to Motorcycle Madhouse Radio, WMMRDB Rockford. Well, our patient is out of her procedure. She was actually doing freaking TikToks from her prep room. She's a beast. She is strong. And she didn't get a thing up her butt. That is China Dow. What's up? <laughs> she was worried about that thing going up her butt yesterday, <laughs> and it didn't happen. But she did do the upper. So how was your experience? You know, you were shooting from the prep room, <laughs> and then you were all high after you came out. Yeah. And you're a crab ass the rest of the time. Yeah. You don't do good on anesthesia, do you? No, I'm crabby after. <laughs> I'm extremely crabby. How you feel today? Uh, sore throat. Sore throat, and that's uh from the upper GI. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't want any more, man. I think that was like number hundred. I don't even know. I lost track. You know what I hate about the upper GI when I had one? Mm. They put that block in your mouth, and they don't put you under until after that. It's like, dude. Put me, you know what, put me out before this, okay? Yeah, they did that to me, too. <laughs> What's the point of even doing the freaking anesthesia if, you know, you can feel that crap going down your throat? No, what's worse is when you can hear the conversations of everybody going on in the room the whole time. You know what, you might have some psychic ability. I heard, like, everything going on in the room, and normally I've never heard anything in that room. What's funny about that is they say when people are dying, they can <laughs> they can actually hear. That's good to know. Thanks. They can dying. actually hear what's going on and see what's going on. That's some weird shit. Well, I heard everything going on in that room, so maybe yeah. you have an uh, out of uh, you know out of body experience. I don't know. They talked about my tattoos and. <laughs> You know what? They all love talking shit when you're under, don't they? <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. It was. Yeah. But I was kind of worried about you. <laughs> Why? Because of what I said before we got there? <laughs> well, that, and I thought he might, you know, do what this uh, Dr. Klein did and artificially inseminate Dude, how? You. My pants were on, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're talking about a Dr. Klein. <laughs> this dude has 97 kids. 97! And you guys and gals know how he did it? He jerked off and inseminated him with his own shit. Dude, this dude was a freak, baby. He would. You know, we were watching the doco on it, and it was very interesting. Because I guess in the 60s, he was driving, hit a girl, killed her, and then it affected him so much he went full-blown religious, 
And then, next thing you know, he was running this fertility uh, clinic. Mm. And those, you know, one of them clinics are sperm donors. You know, you jack off in a cup. Yeah. They get a, you know, turkey baster. It's not a turkey baster. (laughs) And they set it up in a woman. Well, I guess one of them, he had her up in the stirrups, all that good stuff, and said, I'll be right back. He went into his office and jerked it. And then put it up in her. She got pregnant. But 97 so far. So far in the Indianapolis area. Yeah. Let's get a little background from China on this. He's a freak. Well, it's Donald Lee Klein. Dr. Donald Lee Klein. Ex-doctor. I'll get to that. He's a former... A medical doctor of obstetrics and gynecology, a United States Air Force veteran, and a felon. Well, he's a felon now. And you know what was funny about that? Hmm. What kind of what kind of crime did he commit? It oh. was like, wait a second, you went to this place to get inseminated, so he did it with himself. What did he do wrong? He got you pregnant. In 2017, he was convicted on six obstruction of justice felonies connected to a fertility fraud investigation. Basically, he didn't tell them the truth. Yeah. I always find it funny. The cops, they don't have to tell you the truth, Mm -mm. but you damn well better sure give them the truth. He was, you know what, he turned into a religious man and he didn't want his marriage screwed up. You know, how are you going to tell your wife, hey, I got 97 kids? <laughs> well, keep in mind, the uh, he did 94 at the clinic, but he had three of his own children with his wife. Yeah, he's still 97. 97 kids. Now they have 97 half-sisters and brothers. <laughs> 94. 90, well, yeah. Well, no, if you put it in the 97, they're... Wow. Now, from my understanding, you're not supposed to inseminate with more than the, you know, donors three more, you know, three times. The concept back then was each donor, which mind you, the donors were actually medical students. They used the medical students at the hospital across the street from his office. <laughs> yeah. That that is wow. who they normally would use and according to one of the nurses that worked with him at this pro- at that time specifically said and even Klein said it that normally they would use the medical students sperm and they would only inseminate 3 people mm-hmm. per specific donor because of the fact that you know you didn't want siblings marrying siblings and not knowing their siblings in the same town because within a 25 mile radius were all you these need, you wouldn't even all know these kids dating, you wouldn't know you're dating your own brother or sister right and even to this day they're still unaware if they're people related Wow, <laughs> sounds like something so, you'll get down south. <laughs> in the town that in, in the town in Indiana, 
in a 25 mile radius, there were 97 siblings <laughs> unaware. And then they have kids. Yes. And, then, and you don't know if they're related. Exactly. Like, that takes cousins to a whole nother level. <laughs> <laughs> so they had to make sure that the siblings, all 97 of them, had to forewarn their children to watch out who they're interested in because the parents needed to know who the family was. Like, every bit of information, if their daughters, like, like the boy, mm. they needed to know all the information about the family to check and see whether or not they were actually allowed to date that boy. You imagine because that going they through might, high school? They hey, might, might be related. You might be my first, second, or third cousin, man. I can't screw you. <laughs> the hell's wrong with you? I might have your same blood. But it's funny how this all started out. It was by DNA testing for one of them family DNA things. Mm -hmm. It was called 23andMe. That is the company that they used back when the very first person said, Okay, my parents have dark hair. I've got blonde hair. My parents have dark eyes. I have light eyes. They have olive skin. I'm very white. Aryan. Because they did blame him for, you know, trying to do an Aryan clan, I guess. So they, this one lady, the very first one, she decided to take it upon herself because she found this ad for a place called 23andMe and sent in for the DNA test. And then when she got it, it returned, you know, the results... All of a sudden, she's got seven siblings, or half-siblings. You imagine that? Oh, holy cow, I got seven. Yeah. This dude must have been active. <laughs> well, and the biggest thing that, you know, you got to be worried about is, you know, you got this many kids. You know, you don't want them having other kids. It'd be gross. Well, then he passes on his medical problems to them as well. Well, and that's the one thing that he denied in the very beginning when the first group of siblings actually met with him. Uh, they questioned whether or not he had any medical conditions, and he said, no, you have nothing to worry about. Well, lo and behold, he has an autoimmune disorder. And it was passed on. And a lot of the kids, close to all of the kids, have an autoimmune disorder. And the thing is with donating sperm, if you have something like a, you know, a condition that can be passed on to your, you know, children or mm. whatever, it would actually exclude you from being a sperm donor. And by his own rules, he should have been disqualified. He, he would have been excluded as, as an eligible sperm donor because of his autoimmune condition. So eventually the kids did find out that yes, he does have an autoimmune dis disorder, which is why more than half of the kids have an autoimmune disorder. What's even uh, f worse is this guy was supposed to be a real religious man. He was, uh, what was it, like a socialite in his community. Mm -hmm. But he was threatening them 
Every time he would meet him, he had have a gun on him on his side. He did. He actually wore a gun. Uh, on especially with the very first group that he met, they all were a little bit intimidated because he wore a gun on his waist, hidden by his shirt, which didn't hide very well because they all noticed it. Oh, he wanted them to see it. But they, he basically was like threatening and telling them how, you know, not to tell anybody. It can ruin his marriage. Here you are. Yeah, it can ruin were, his marriage and his life. You if, were jacking if off in a cup. they go and tell anyone who his who their father and is. And he, he kept on saying through this whole process, I only did it to help people that were really wanting kids that were having a hard time. Yeah, he claimed that he only used his sperm when he did not have sperm from other donors mm-hmm. then he would use his own because what he did at his clinic was basically live it was like called live sperm mm-hmm. meaning well, he was jacking off next door it's live well so were the medical assistant or the medical students mm-hmm. they would literally do it a few minutes prior to and it was funny, the nurse Being used to carry it in her bra. She would carry the sperm sample across the street from the hospital to the clinic in her bra to keep it warm. Mm. Because that's how they did it. They didn't use frozen sperm like they do like now. Right. They used like a live sample. Mm. Like a very fresh sample. Like it only had so many minutes like, I think it was like 10 or 15 minutes, less than that even, t- before it would die off and not be viable. Mm-hmm. So they made sure that it was nice and warm. So I guess that's why it made it so much easier for Klein to just go in the other room. Right. And I think some of the reasons why the things changed as far as becoming a sp- sperm donor now they put you through the ringer now might have been because of him well i know back uh the because the nurse was on the documentary like a lot and her biggest thing was you know like nowadays everything you can go onto a computer you can look up you know your you want somebody with the same background as you like your same nationality you want you want blue eyes, you want green eyes, you want that. You could pretty much pick and choose. You can even pick and choose by, you know, their their educational background, their if they're, you know, musically inclined, if they're, you know, they're, well, I pull, all kinds of I, I things. I pulled up. But in his clinic, all they had was like a 99 cent spiral. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> With here's your choices dark hair, dark eyes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, like, ten choices. Right. Now they say in order for a male to uh, ejaculate and uh, become a sperm donor, you have to be, t- be between the ages of 18 and 39, uh, high school grad, current college student or grad, or a professional uh, certificate, Healthy, legal, legally able to work for them, and you got to give them one to five hours a month. How the hell do you do that? Jacking off for like an hour and 
going up to five hours. How do you do that? Uh, well, you definitely wouldn't be a donor there, Hollywood. <laughs> no, you would not. Now, usually they say you can earn up to $1,500 a month just for whacking it. Part-time job? That's what they say, $1,500. I, I don't, do they still pay for that? I, I Yeah, I guess. I don't know. But what's even funnier, though, this guy was at the top of his field. Oh, yeah. Even even his partner at the time, who had no clue he was doing this. I like, find that hard. I kind of do, too. They but, should test this partner, if you ask me. <laughs> to see if he fathered any? Yeah, if they were circle-jerking each other, man. Ew. <laughs> That's nasty. But his partner said that he wouldn't be the doctor that he is today if it wasn't for Klein. Because there were some procedures that he actually did. Like, um, he would do... He was one of the only person doctors that did back then. Um, if somebody had their tubes tied, he was one of the only ones that would be able to untie the tubes and surgically fix them so they can try and get pregnant. And I guess no other doctors did that back then. Thank They'd God. actually untie tubes. Well, that's what they, that's what his partner said that they used to do. They would untie tubes of those people that had their, women that had their tubes tied. And if they wanted to try having kids... They would actually do this procedure so they can try to have ki more kids. So they started buying, uh, they got to the point where with the DNA, because that is popular now, mm -hmm. every time a new one would pop up, they would get a hold of them. Yeah. Every time somebody else popped up on that uh, 23andMe site, it would connect them to all the other ones that were already on that site. I have to be scared, man. Maybe, you know, we're related. Ew. No, we're not. Are you like my first cousin? Ew, will you freaking <laughs> stop? That's nasty. No. 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 This puts stuff in the people's minds. Weirdos, man. You're sick. <laughs> but what? But what was funny was, hey, you got all these kids sitting in front of you. Would you? Because I think there was a case where a sperm donor was sued for uh, child support. Uh -huh. How the fuck does that happen? I guess once you find out, you go after them. <laughs> What else we got on this freak? Well, uh, God, this guy's disgusting. Well, a lot of people ask, uh, a lot of people might wonder, where is he now? Mm. Well, <laughs> in the wake of his double conviction, Donald was suspended from practicing medicine and ordered to pay a fine. His misconduct pertaining to his patients was chronic, chronicalized extensively in the media mm -hmm. on may 11th 2022 that's when the documentary was 
put out. Yeah, it's causing is, a lot of problems. Two of them were outed, uh, and they're starting to sue them. And it is on Netflix, and it's titled Our Father. And it goes in detail of each child. Uh-huh. And, yeah, like you said, there were a couple kids that were outed that uh, are now suing Netflix. Wow. For outing them. Now, a very interesting question I put forward about child support. Now, it seems like if the donation is in a licensed clinical setting, that they are exempt because they have a contract through a licensed physician's office. But, but, privately arranged sperm donation through, you know, an agreement, they may have a legal right to a child uh, conceived through their donation, and they also could be hit with child support. Now, isn't that fucked up? Here you are, going to drop a load, help somebody out, and next thing you know, you get a child support deal? (laughs) That's kind of screwed up. That's fucked up! (laughs) Well, I think the one thing that surprised me about Dr. Klein... What was that? Yeah, he lost his medical license. That mm. That's a given. He did not serve one day in jail. But why should he? That's where I get, you know, I'm, I'm conflicted. Well, that's because Indiana didn't have any laws specific to fertility fraud. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure nowadays there might be something, because this was back uh, in 2017... It said that uh, he did plead guilty to two counts of obstruction of justice and admitted to his non-consensual insemination of his clients. Mm-hmm. And he was convicted on those count on the count of obstruction of justice. Yeah, basically for two, lying. Two thousand and seventeen. But all he, the whole thing, all he did was lose his license out of the whole ordeal. And, and Do you pay, think pay he should have went to jail because he uh, dropped the load and somebody wanted a baby? Dude, in my opinion, I think, it, I mean, that's, he like raped those women, but like n- not in like that way. How? They needed to have a baby. Yeah, that's fine, but then they should know where it's coming from. They, if they picked off that list, like, okay. Well, there wasn't lists back then. Uh, there was. He had it in a 99-cent notepad. <laughs> 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 he had a list. But the thing is, is there were a few of them who did bring in samples of their husband's sperm. There's the difference. There were... A good handful of them. There were two specific ones that they discuss in the documentary. And these fathers thought these two children specifically were their kids. Mm -hmm. Because they were told and they brought in the sperm of the husband. And they were told by Dr. Klein that... He was inseminating them with the husband's sperm. But instead he used his. Instead, now yeah. That, he used that's his own. fucked up. That's messed up if you ask me. Yeah, and that's why he was only convicted on two charges. And the judge suspended the sentence. 
Yeah, he got, and he didn't serve any he time. He got nothing. And to me, I mean, that's why it was considered fraudulent. That and all other, all the rest of the cases were considered fraudulent. But these two specific ones were the main ones that they were looking at because of the fact that they were supposed to be. He was supposed to be using the husband's sperm and did not. Wow! Insisted after the fact once he got busted that their sperm samples were not viable. So now you're looking at an age where this was the late 70s uh, and 80s that it went now you got... Se- it went all the way from 74 to, or from like about 1974 to the, to the 1990s he was doing this. So you're looking at technology that we didn't have today where you can go right up to Ancestry.com and get a DNA test, and next thing you know, it tells you relatives you might not know that have the same deal. Mm-hmm. And that's really how this guy got busted. But the one that initiated this, she had newspapers everywhere on her wall. She was a freaking psycho, if you ask me. Well, her she was she, pissed. She first figured it out in 2014. Mm. So imagine going from the set like 74 to 2014 and then all of a sudden in 2014, Dr. Klein, you are the father. (laughs) Maury Povich would have had a ball with this one and you are the father. So in 2014, the very first child found out. That wow. she had seven siblings. And she's the one that really took it to the next level. Oh, she's the one that did all the hunting and the searching and, yeah. She was pissed. Yeah, extremely. Especially, wouldn't you be pissed you start getting all these siblings? I wonder if they're even close. I wonder. Well, when I'm watching the documentary, they are all close. They have all met all 94 of them? All 94, and they actually have met the, his own children. Could you imagine uh, his own children are like, what the fuck, are you a freak? Yeah. I couldn't do it. Uh, that'd be like screwed up, but 94 of them actually met. All of them met. So now you're looking at a situation. All of them met plus their children. Well, that's what you're doing. You're looking at a situation now. Where one man over 50 years has a new line. And that's why they were coming out getting pissed saying, well, he was trying to uh, start an Aryan, the perfect Aryan clan. Mm -hmm. Because they all got blonde hair, blue eyes. Mm -hmm. And they're they're furious. Oh, well, wouldn't you be... I'd be scared as hell like them. Uh, Wouldn't that... you be if you were, okay, we'll just use us as, as an example, okay? Mm. So it makes it a little easier. If we were having issues getting pregnant, which, you know, you wouldn't have that problem, but we'll just use it anyways. I got power sperm. <laughs> and I went in and brought your sample with to get inseminated with. And, okay, like, our daughter's 25, Mm -hmm. right? Well, 
At oh, 20, I'd be pissed at, at off. At 25, you find out that she's not your daughter. She is actually the daughter of the doctor that did I'm the going insemination. On, I'm going on more E. Povich or Jerry Springer on this one. I would go Jerry Springer on his ass. That way I'd whoop his ass. <laughs> but it's like, I mean, that these these that's what a lot of these fathers went through. Yeah, that's they sad. were heartbroken because the child they thought was theirs all these years turned out to actually biologically not be theirs. But would it matter? Uh, at this point, I mean, other than being heartbroken and felt, you know, like this whole kind of It's wrong, still your kid. They raised them this whole entire time. So, of course, they're, you know, they're it's still dad. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, the the fathers didn't want to be interviewed during this show. Right. So they they weren't. So we actually didn't get their word, you know, their opinion. But the wives spoke, you know, the ones that were inseminated. Well, that's just like adoption. You were adopted. Yeah. You don't even look at her. All you do is call her an egg donor. Yeah. You have no feelings whatsoever towards her. Nope. Not at all. But your adoptive parents gave a shit. So that kind of be the same thing. Yeah. In a sense. It'd be similar. One interesting thing, though. A judge in Topeka, Kansas, ruled that a sperm donor owed thousands of dollars in back child support for a child four years after the child's conception. The donor thought he had surrendered all parental rights through the contract he signed. But the Kansas court ruled that a parent cannot waive parental rights. You know, and it's funny that that's you, fucked up. It's funny that you bring that up because I actually seen something the other day, and it pertains to like the the Roe versus Wade thing, right? Mm. You know how they're saying they basically own our uteruses mm. in in some states. Um. So then, if that's the case, then when you find out you're pregnant. Can you start claiming child support at that time? <laughs> From the federal government, right? Yeah. And secondly, you know, can you claim them on your taxes when you're pregnant? No, you can't. Because why? They do not consider that an actual child. <laughs> right. But yet, the government will say that you can't claim them on your taxes. You cannot file for child support on their unborn child when you're pregnant. But yet... Because it's not a viable child. But then yet, on the other hand, it's okay that you have an abortion because they don't consider it a child. Until you hit a mother and kill her and an unborn baby, then it's double homicide. Exactly. They don't make sense So the whole thing doesn't make any sense. You know, like, for example, uh, I was actually sent this information. Uh, A 10-year-old rape victim was forced to travel from Ohio to Indiana for an abortion. See, there has to be some exceptions to the rule. In the case of a 10-year-old rape victim in Ohio who was six weeks pregnant, was ineligible for an abortion in her own state, and forced to travel to Indiana for the procedure... Wow. Yeah. And she was raped by a family member. Oh, come on with these people. So, 
the story came, I guess the story came to light three days after the co- court overturned a nationwide right to terminate pregnancy and Ohio's six week trigger ban came into effect. Mm-hmm. So um, a doctor in Indiana said that she received a call from a colleague doctor in Ohio who treats child abuse victims and asked her for help. And since Indiana doesn't have a ban or a restriction on abortion yet, the doctor from Ohio, since she could not do the abortion on this 10-year-old, helped get the 10-year-old girl and her family to Indiana so this girl at 10 years old could have an abortion. That's fucking sick in the first place, man. A 10-year-old getting her... My God. So, here's my thing with this lovely Roe versus Wade. The, you see the, the what people, a 10-year-old, I also heard a case of a 12-year-old. These, you know, these young girls that have, you know, it's not, they're not doing this willingly. They are being raped. They are being violated. But yet, if it happens in a state where there is a ban... There has to be a, an exception, rape, incest, and it's always been that way, and the mother. Well. Health. Uh, that's where these idiots are going to go. Us, well, there's the, the, there, there's also a case out there right now about uh, a young girl who was pregnant, found out she was pregnant, and it's a tubal pregnancy, which can kill the mother, and the state that she is in will not allow her to have an abortion messed up so that's another one that is going to have to travel to another state to get an an abortion so she will not die to save her own life right so i don't understand with all this crap why there like you said wouldn't be exceptions to the rule in the specific states that have these dumbass bans right now right why they can't make an exception True stuff. We'll be right back after this music break. Just hang around in the local parking lots 
Download the Insane Throttle Radio app and listen to the hottest modern rock on the planet. No commercials at all, just hard rock and roll, baby. Download the Insane Throttle Radio app for Android now on Google Play. Rock on. Could you imagine being at a company for decades, and it used to be that way where you'd only have one job and then you'd work for a pension or you'd work for a retirement, and they didn't appreciate what you did for them? <laughs> Man, I'd be pissed. You, you were already pissed at this one coming up. Oh my god, I am so mad. I am so mad. Okay. Burger King employee awarded gift bag for never missing a day in 27 years. Never missing a day of work. Yeah. 27 years at Burger King. Most like Burger King likes Whoppers. Well, this would be at their Las Vegas Burger King. Mm Mm-hmm. Kevin Ford is 54 years old and has worked for Burger King He's never missed work in 27 years. Well, a viral video has been out there, and I've seen it on TikTok. That's why I wanted to look it up. Is that where you get all your uh, show topics? That's where TikTok? I get a lot of them. That's where people <laughs> send them to me in my messenger, and if it's a good if it's a good story, I use it on the show. And this was something that was sent to me, just like the 10-year-old thing was sent to me. So it's like people send them to me on TikTok and I'll use them. This is this is just proof that I use what people send. Um, well, they gave him a small gift bag from Burger King for not missing work in 27 years, which included a movie ticket, a Starbucks cup, and some candy. Yeah, that's, that's that. what they give you for not missing. Yeah, one day of work in 20 how many years? 27 years. Yeah. 27 years. On his 27th work anniversary, this is what he was given. A movie ticket, a Starbucks cup, and and candy. You are shitting me. That, that, that is, is, that is, is a kick in the balls right there. Yeah. So, you know, a video of him gratefully accepting the gifts and thanking his coworkers for these, you know, couple items it went viral on multiple platforms and tiktok was one of them many social media users were upset and what they felt was you know that That was was an extremely minimal award so ford's daughter created a gofundme page for her dad so he could receive a bigger reward for his three decades almost of the at that burger king chain Originally, she set a goal for, like, $200. Well, the campaign raised more than $328,000 as as of the 4th of July. Now, that's a reward right there. That's retirement right there. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know... And all they wanted was 200 bucks. Yeah, she put it as a $200 maximum is what she wanted. And... You know, because what do you get? Maybe $50 worth of crap. Right. Not even that. Not even that. Um, well, he received nearly 11,000 donations, including one from actor David Spade. Oh! 
They, An actor yeah. actually does something nice. And the thing is, too, is it wasn't all money. I mean, he did receive over 328000 as of July 4th. I don't know if it's been cashed out yet. But they also, there was a big thing um, posted from an entrepreneur on TikTok. He did, I think, a two or three part video wanting people to contact him. So if people wanted to give him, give this gentleman um, items instead of monetary, that they would reach out. And he was given from a lot of TikTokers, you know, like expensive items. Mm. You know, like TVs and stuff, like a whole bunch of stuff. Wow. And so they did finally meet up with the daughter. The The guy from TikTok met up with the daughter and was given him, you know, gave, met, got to meet him and gave all the now that's, stuff from that's, the people uh, from TikTok. That's being human right there, seeing a wrong and correcting it. Mm-hmm. And has Burger King had any response? No response. You cocksuckers, I'm not going to eat your Whoppers no more. Mm-mm. And and the daughter specifically uh, explains the reason why she did the GoFundMe was because he worked at the job for 27 years. And yes, he never missed a day at work. He originally began working at this job as a single father. When he gained custody of her mm. and her, her older sister. Then as our family grew, he remarried. He continued to work there because of the amazing health insurance that was provided through the employer because it was unionized. I didn't even know they had unions uh, for... She said that her dad continues to work there because though he doesn't look young, he's coming up on retirement age and leaving would cost him his retirement. In no way are we asking for money or expect any money, but if anyone feels like blessing him, he would love to visit his grandchildren. Because he works. They live in the different states or yeah. something like that. He wished to visit his grandchildren, came true, and he was flown out to New York City uh, this past Tuesday uh, for a TV interview. And he was reunited with his grandchildren live on the air after not seeing them for more than four years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. It goes to a deeper issue, though. And David Spade gave $5,000. Holy shit. That is what he gave to this GoFundMe. But doesn't that say something where people don't want to work for somebody for their whole lives now? Because they feel like they're being mistreated. You know, I think companies out there need to show appreciation for those employees that kick butt and take names. Now, if you stayed at the same place for 27 years and they gave you some chocolate, wouldn't you be pissed off? Hey, I kind of I kind of giggled when I seen uh, the girl that's worked there for 18 years. Yeah. Well, on her 15th year there, they gave her this really cheap looking watch. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. That shit should have been a Rolex. <laughs> it wasn't. Uh, and, and she got it in a uh, brown like jewelry box. What did she say about that? 
Well, she appreciated the jewelry box, but she was not too thrilled about the watch. She ended up taking the watch, which I guess was worth like maybe five hundred dollars. Uh-huh. Yeah, she pawned it. She she pawned it and got like five hundred bucks for it. I so, couldn't imagine doing that. You put all that time into a place, and they don't appreciate what the hell you did for them. Yeah, she got she got a jewelry box that was worth like twenty dollars, which she liked. <laughs> In a, the old days, they watch. used to really take care of employees. You know, like our parents and our grandparents' time, because they that's the way it was. They stayed there until retirement, and they take care of them. Nowadays, no. They're some cheap bastards. Well, and I think the really cool thing is the fact that the Kevin that, mm-hmm. that that's been working there, he his quote uh, during his TV interview was, "You never know." It's because uh, they're asking whether how he's going to use his money. Mm. He goes, "I never. You never know. It's day to day, but I haven't thought anything to do with the money except to visit my grandkids for a while." And maybe put some in, up for them for college. Oh, there you go. But he goes, I'm not even thinking about that right now. I'm just working. <laughs> he's doing it on his terms. So he's he's just, I mean, he's just going to continue working. That's badass. We'll be right back. It's my life. Just like he's, he's leaving it. He's leading it that way, man. That's awesome stuff. <laughs> song for the broken hearted
time for Cards Against Humanity. Get your nastiness ready. I was hoping at least he's a manager or DM after 27 years, ain't he? No. Or is he just a regular front He's line? a cook and a cashier. Oh, that's bullshit. Yeah, he's a cook and a cashier. What do we got for Cards Against Humanity? We don't. I found a family feud card. Ah, uh, here we go. You know what? I suck at this game. Yeah. Well. None of my stuff is ever in there. No, it's not. Not usually. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Name something like blushing that gives you away when you tell a lie. When you tell a lie? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm too good at it. I'm too good at it. I don't know. I would have to say fidgeting with your hair. Yeah, that's number four. That's on there? Yeah, well, it's uh, like twitching or fidgeting. But it's not playing with the hair. No, it just says fidgeting. Fidgeting. Yeah. Okay, I would have to say another one is looking away. No eye contact. Yeah, that's number one. Oh, Hollywood is good. Hollywood is good. <laughs> we got any in this card? Yeah, Morvik says midgets. Yeah, fucking midgets. <laughs> fucking midgets. <laughs> He's posting memes now. I mean, Dark Soul. Oh, Dark Soul is. <laughs> they know how much you love them. Body movements, huh? Body language. No. Body language ain't on there? No. That would be fidgeting. That would be under fidgeting. Okay. What so, else we got? So you got not looking in a person's eyes. That's number one. Is number one. And you can't think of anything else? Not remembering what I, I got what like the, six people typing right now. So not I'm, remembering what you said? Nope. Dates wrong and stuff like that? Bad memory shit? <laughs> Dark Soul says biting the lip. Biting the lip's not one? No. Randy Russell says your nose grows. <laughs> If that's the case, I'm sit taking a seat and saying lie to me, okay? <laughs> Problem is, you don't know what China dollar do with a long nose. That's why I just said I'd take a seat and say lie to me, baby. <laughs> okay, what do we got on the card? Grandpa's Lair. I can't think of anything. I can't either. I'm done. <laughs> Alright, so things that are dead giveaways that you're telling a lie. Number one is the non-eye contact. Number two would be smiling or laughing. Oh, Kamala Harris does that all the time. Number three, stuttering. Yeah, stuttering. And then number four would be tw twitches or fidgeting. Number five, bump, bump, bump. Sweating. Yeah, you see a lot of that. Especially when they get busted cheating. <laughs> they sweating. And that's all for Motorcycle Madhouse this morning. Don't forget to go over to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Install Insane Throttle TV's channel over on Roku. As well as go get the Insane Throttle Radio app over on Google Play. Rock on until next time.